The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. This is just to let you know that the Cinema Catch-Up Club has an official Patreon page. If you'd like to become an official member of the club and get some bonus goodies, including early access material and bonus features only available to our patrons, then please join up at patreon.com forward slash ccuc podcast. And now, for this week's episode. Hello everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, nay indeed this month, is Australia Month. That's right, we're looking at Australian films, reviewing them, seeing how they stack up, and today we're going on to a more recent one, 2010's Animal Kingdom. Joining me to review Animal Kingdom, we have, as always, someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film and making her debut on the programme, it is Kate O'Sullivan! Yay! Hi. I made it! You all did! All the way from Sydney. Yes, you, now you are based in Sydney, <laughs> yes. Kate. Uh, so the fact that we're in the same room, breathing the same air, what, about to watch the same film is... is means a, I'm in Perth. It means you're in Perth. <laughs> it's a joyous occasion. Uh, but for people who don't know who you are, Kate... Who are you and what do you do? I'm Kate. I uh, blow things up for a living. Um, I'm a science presenter and improviser and performer of all things science-y. Mm. Um, yes. And I, I do that in Sydney because they let me, basically. <laughs> they, they pay me full time to blow things up for a living. So that's mm. good. And uh, although this is your first time on this program, this is not your first podcast. No. No. It is not my first podcast. I regularly appear on a friend of mine's podcast called Non-Peer Reviewed, where we talk about science comedy things, and it's mm. fun. Mm. Um, I'm regularly a person who talks about the Ig Nobel Review, mm. so lots of Ig Nobel Prizes and the stupid things that people decide are good research. Mm. So and, like uh, yeah, it, it is a really good show. In yeah. fact, I was listening to one this morning. Yeah. I'm about six months behind, but I'm, I'm catching up. I probably am also about six months behind, because yeah. I keep having to skip the ones that I am in, because... It's weird to have been in that conversation and then listen mm. to that conversation again. Trust me, listening back to this program, I know exactly yeah. how you feel. <laughs> um, so, Animal Kingdom. Yes. You. What do you know about it? Oh, the only thing I know is that you haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. It's it's one of those ones where someone was like, you haven't seen it? I'm like, no, I have not seen it. I know it has Jackie Weaver and that is literally the extent of what I know about this film. All like, right. Well, and it's Australian. Uh, well, it, well, yes. Yeah. No, I'm pretty pretty sure it's Australian. It's yeah. in January. It must be Australian. Yeah, like, tick. <laughs> got that one. Yeah. And uh, joining us as our guest who has seen the film, it's Katrina Johnston, everybody. Hey, Stephen. How you doing, Kat? I, I'm good. I, I'm looking forward to watching this film because I am bored. I've finished Whopper mm. and I'm bored. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Whopper's all done with you. With the, yes. You know? So yes. Uh, you, you made it through. You've whopped. I survived. You've officially. Yes. You're I've big... officially whopped. I have. I have. <laughs> That's, I'm not going to use that phrase again. Um, <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh, yes, I am. I have completed my third tertiary qualification, mm-hmm. and and now I need to go out into the big bad world and actually make some money. Excellent. Yeah. Well, before you do that, we're going to watch Animal Kingdom. Yes. What can you tell us in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way about this film? Okay, so I have seen this film. I can't actually remember very much of it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I was literally, I was for the past couple of days, ever since you asked me to do this episode, I, I was like, what can I say in a non-spoilery way? Um, I remember being a bit bored by okay. the end of it and thinking, like, it's a good film, but I think it goes on for too long from memory. Um, and, yeah, just very, it's, if you've seen a, an Australian drama it's very in that style in that it's kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. And I think it came around out in a year where I seem to remember Mark Fennell going, man, we make depressing films. Mm. Why do we have to make such depressing films? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this was around the same time as something like Samson and Delilah, mm. um, which again, um, yeah. not, not massively uplifting. I think Australian films in general... Are, are quite down. Yeah. Um, like you, you y- do... Yeah, you get the extremes. You yeah. get the castle. Yeah. And then you get, you know, Samson and Delilah, Last Cab, Rock. Last Cab to Darwin, that kind of that kind of yeah. genre. So, so this is more in the moroseness. Yes, from area. memory. Oh, goody. Yeah. Well, with all that being said, uh, shall we watch Animal Kingdom? Yes. For those of you listening at home, pop in your DVDs, and we're not watching anything with an animal phylum. We're watching... Animal Kingdom. Nature Joe. <laughs> and welcome back. We have just finished watching Animal Kingdom. And by we, I of course mean Katrina. Hello. And Kate. Hello. So Kate, first time watching Animal Kingdom. What did you think? Wow, human beings are awful. <laughs> like, I was looking forward to something vaguely uplifting, and yet, no. Australian no. drama, man. Oh. It's it's pretty depressing. Not Australian drama would be vaguely no, uplifting. No, but, like, less, up, less not uplifting than yeah. this. I mean, hugs are no longer, like... Yeah. Sacred. Like, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Your mum giving you a kiss has got a whole other meaning now where it's well, kind of like. Or like you giving your nan a hug is just like a mm. sad, sad moment now. Yeah. Um, I, I had not seen this film either. Yeah. And yeah, it's real, real depressing. It, yeah. it is. It's, um, yeah. and it's kind of an interesting one to watch having recently watched Chopper uh, mm. for, for this um, current Australian month. Because mm. Chopper is quite similar in that you know it's all it's melbourne it's crime but chopper is at least oh, it feels a little he bit was, he was quite a person he was quite a personal person. thing and it was, the fi- it's fun yeah the film is this feels very yeah, yeah the film itself oh. it, i mean it's not like a laugh a minute comedy no, where yeah. Chop, chopper walks and everyone goes hey like it's but that that caricature of chopper and the almost slightly unreal nature of the film like there's a bit where they sing about the crime um in chopper which is just bizarre <laughs> whereas this was gritty and real and like just felt so much like the time it was in that late 2000s um which Again, 10 years on, it's quite weird watching um, non-flat screen televisions in a lot of places and the flip phones. And, yeah, and the Nokias. The little the, phone. The 3310s. And I forgot, um, when when um, Lecky, when S- Sergeant Lecky was at home and the phone rings and his wife tosses him the phone, she just throws it roughly to yeah. the floor, <laughs> which is just something you wouldn't do with a modern phone because they're so much more delicate. No, yeah. and you, you remarked about the, oh my God, he's got a landline. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like, you know, it, you know, this film is a bit dated. Yeah. Um, but but th- there is something very confronting about how, how real it felt. Mm. Mm. It felt very, like, observational of real activities happening as opposed to, like, 
set up shots that felt yeah um, i think i think that's something that australian drama does really well yeah. mm. um although i think that that push for almost this realism this dramatic realism uh is partly why australian drama is so depressing yeah yeah um i mean the story itself i think is quite quite an interesting um look at the end of something like mm. we, we, it's established that this family are um particularly you know the boys are all robbers and we see in that opening credits uh kind of title card sequence mm. a, a bunch of stills of images of robberies which i assume are past robberies that they've committed yeah um or at least indicative of behaviors that they've been involved with mm. and now we're starting to see them sort of winding the, things up the unraveling yeah really. um and like you know you've got uh baz who wants to wrap it up and retire so obviously he gets killed first because that's just how these things go um and you've got craig who's the one that's a bit loose and is you know on the drugs and all that uh you've got darren who's Poor um, darren. <laughs> yeah darren is the one that you kind of feel sorry for but at the same time bit, yeah he's kind of a he kind of gets what he deserves in a in a way. Oh, ab- absolutely. But yeah, still like, like, oh, Darren. Yeah. yeah. And and then, of course, there's uh, Andrew, or Pope, as he's mm. known, who's just the um, the absolute nutcase. Um, he, he, I think he is the epitome of unlawful chaotic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was saying while we were watching this, I was getting very strong Red Dead Redemption 2 vibes. Yeah. Um, not just from the, no, police officers, what are you doing with that Commodore? Don't go out there, it's an ambush. Uh, but but also that that sense of outlaws to the end. Yeah. Okay, what does that end look like? And, you know, seeing the way that there was all this paranoia and suspicion between um, the members of the family and mm. particularly around our protagonist, Josh, mm. who is kind of just thrown into this after his mum um, dies rather than watching yeah. the rest of Deal or No Deal, which I can relate to. <laughs> I mean, I, I do love that it starts with the voice of Andrew O'Keefe. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is an Australian drama. Like, yeah. this is set in Australia. Yeah. This is real yeah. because you then get, you know. But again, yeah. it was it was so interesting that I think that opening scene with having an episode of this game show happening mm. and the paramedics turning up and going, all right, what's happened? Oh, she's overdosed. All right. It's not big. It's not dramatic. It's not anything like that. He was just sat there with her because there was nothing he could do. Mm. That realism that mm. they achieve in kind of set it kind of sets up for what the rest of the film is mm. in, in that opening sequence and the fact that you know these are these big criminals and we don't see them commit really met much in the way of crime that's we, the thing though i don't think they're actually really big criminals i think they're mm. consistent yeah and they're obviously someone that uh the police are focusing on mm. but you, it's not like you see them they're not massively rolling in cash. They've obviously mm. been going at it for a while. Yeah. But it's not like they're running massive drug rings no. or yeah, robbing a... banks of millions of dollars. Yeah. They're, they're doing enough to get by. Yeah. There's no sh- yeah, there's no that sort of showboating stuff yeah. of like your sort of Ocean's Eleven-y type. Yeah. Like, like all the houses, like um, they're, they're talking about, oh, Craig, did you see the house that Craig bought himself? Mm. And it's a nice, it's a it's a house, mm. but it's it's old. Um, mm. It looks, you know, very very dated. Very almost, Melbourne in that time period. Yeah, yeah. like affordable Melbourne. Yeah. yeah, but also Craig is the money because he's going into drugs. Mm. He's 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 sort of branching out into other criminal enterprises. On the opposite end, you've got Barry, who is trying to 
go legitimate. Yeah, and stock market. Yeah, because he's well, tired of it. Legitimate ish, yeah. and um, mm. yeah, and and so they're all sort of trying to get out. Mm. Um, that's the thing, though. I think Barry's the only one that's mm. trying to get out. Get out of crime I, or get out. Get of out of crime. The, I was to say, I I agree with mm. you about get out of yeah. crime. Yeah. Get out of armed robbery. You've got your Craig and your. I mean, Darren doesn't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Pope's like the, 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 Yeah, they're they're all just sort of trying to find some way that they can live, I guess, mm. and, and be happy. But th- but then there were also severely damaged people. Um, mm. uh, yeah, and I, I think it's... It's interesting that you don't see them do any armed robbery. Yeah. In the film. Yeah. There is none. Yeah. You I, see the, the handing over of cash, but you never see mm. a robbery take place. Yeah, I mm. think, and I think that's because it's just sort of show where they're sitting within their grand Mm. timeline Mm. they're like oh we have to be on the down low because the cops are watching and everything pull your head in yeah pull your head in and and he kind of does and then he gets it shot off gets pulled right in Uh, yeah and that's one of the other things that i think is really fascinating um you were saying while we're watching it katrina that there was nobody who was a good person like a good character the closest you get is is lecky and and I think I think <clears throat> Nikki as well. She she's at the very least not actively yep. bad. No. So like yeah, Nick, Nikki's family like yeah. They, yeah. they are the counterpoint to yeah yeah. They get caught up in it without even really realizing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in terms of our, I, I suppose the, the the two sides of the conflict, like the police are all shown, with the possible exception of Lecky, of being pretty scummy. Um, yeah. Like like the Lecky's partner when um. Jay's in witness protection and he's just intimidating him like mm. because he's in a position of power and the or, gun is by the bed yeah. and he knows it's there or even that um police officer who's with Jay in the van to to the court the yeah clinic. yeah and he just and he just pulls the gun on him and just points it at him and it's and like clicks it but it's obviously yeah not firing uh, or doesn't have a round in yeah yeah, and it's just like again. I think he's done that because he's like you, scumbag. Because yeah. he obviously sold the prosecution down the river. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it is being shown essentially that that the police are, in a sense, just a bigger gang. Mm. Um, just as bad. Even even Lecky, that mo- that massive monologue scene sitting out the front of the motel mm. is About... not. He's not not scumbagging there a little yeah. bit because yeah. he's definitely doing the lean on and the leading questions that you pointed out that oh yeah just, oh, look, i love i love a good bit of consistency yes no i mean <laughs> th- it was kind of interesting uh, for a bit of background um I've, I've done a little bit of work with um the, the police department in this in this country and so i know a little bit about the interview process and it's kind of frustrating in this film because they almost get it right yeah <laughs> but then there's just a couple of bits that are missing that are like uh, and then, like you said, when they uh, were searching the the abandoned mm. Commodore and they're not wearing gloves, <gasps> and both of them are in the car. Both both of them are in the car, looking in the car. So I'm mm. like, cool, countdown is on. Um, <laughs> and they're, I'm like, guys, guys, mm. like you all have gloves on your belt. Mm. Use them. Okay? <laughs> like, that's yeah. what they're for. But but, or, but then again, at the, same the very time. least, you've all seen horror movies. You know what this looks like. Mm. Well, you pointed out it's like you wait for two cars, and yeah. then you see. Um, in that scene of Craig running through the field, there's two cars. Mm. And you're like, cool. I get that all the other cars are busy, mm. but an abandoned Commodore is not that high priority. Yeah. Without... C- certainly not 
but, but, but then again, at the same time, it's a film. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it is part of that narrative. Like, we needed to see after Barry's death, which was, um, I think, the Australian phrase is a dog move um, mm. by, by the cops, where he's just in the car, he's just been to the shops to get milk, and he's like... Um, you know, like, mate, what do you want? And he's like, oh, you, bang, like, essentially. Yeah, just, he's oh, got he's... a gun, click. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see that it kind of sets up that this is not going to be a fair fight. No. And then also gives justification for Pope to get Darren and Craig to go and kill those two cops, set mm. it up to kill those cops. Mm. Um, and then, obviously, from there, it all snowballs in a sort of really horrible, crimey, <laughs> dramatic yeah. way. Yeah, I mean... Ben Mendelsohn is so good in this. Like, okay, so Jackie Weaver is the thing we all know because she got a, a Best Supporting Actress nomination yeah. um, for this role, and she's great. Hmm. But Ben Mendelsohn is is so, so, so good in this film. So good in this he, film. He is just... Yeah. He's just he is the right. Form. He is the right level of creepy, crazy guy who mm. then can transfer to, you know, it's okay if you're gay, mate. You're just going to tell me. And you can talk to me if you want, mate. Yeah. You can talk to me. I'm here. Like I'm yeah. already here for you. I'm your mm. friend. I'm your I'm your family. But and enough to, you know, get Nikki to sit on the couch. Mm. Like charming, but in a really not good way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not even so much charm. It's just um like making that connection. Mm. And all throughout the film, he's like, mate, you can talk to me. Like mm. I can be talked to because talking is where he can operate. It's where he can... Information extreme. Yeah, he, he can get yeah. those things to work and he can get his way. It's always done through talking. It's something that I realised, actually, that the yeah the character of Pope and Grandma Smurf... Mm. I love... Uh, I love Ma Smurf. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them, they operate in a very similar way. She's mm-hmm. just got more of a lid on the crazy side. Yeah. Um, they both operate by keeping everyone very close mm. and making sure you know when you're in the circle and they know everything. What's that and line she's got? Um, you've done bad things, haven't you, sweetheart? Mm. Haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love I love that, that like last fifth of the film where pretty much from when Smurf goes, uh, I can't call her Smurf, Janine, Janine. <laughs> yeah. um, when she goes to Ezra and is like, so we've got to get rid of Jay. Mm. What are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, there's never a frown. There's always just that gentle smile. Mm. What are we going to do with him? Yeah. I mean, she's... yeah. Even in that the scene before where mm. she's worried about Darren, like yeah. riding in out of that. Yeah. And it it, it is fascinating mm. just just how... Um, that that family dynamic works yeah. and the performances. There's there's not a drop ball in terms of performances yeah. from anyone in this film. There's no one where you're watching it and going, "What are you doing here?" Like like everyone is playing it so well, playing that realism mm. fantastically well. I mean, James Frenchville, who who plays Joshua, mm. this is his first film. Yeah, and even though you know it's a character archetype that we we it's see a lot. He's very stoic. He, he plays sullen teenager very yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, it probably helps that he was a teenager mm. at the time, but even so, like. He does some great performing in that. I mean, that mm. bit where he breaks down in the bathroom oh. and has a cry. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, just good old screen sobbing there. Like, and you, nobody drops the ball at any point. Mm. That's the thing. Um, even, even when you are like, oh, that's that's Joel Edgerton. What's he doing there? Being the, and, 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 how, how little is he in this film? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And... Um, uh, that's like watching, when I watched Hurt Lock, I was like, oh, Guy Pierce is in this. Oh, he's no, he's dead. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it, yeah, it's that kind of thing where you see everyone is just 
absolutely knocking it out of the park. Mm. Um, and you can see why this film did so well. And yeah. I'm obviously, it's it's really lovely to see an Australian film get international recognition, mm. like uh, an Academy Award nomination for Jackie Weaver. Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty deserved. Mm. You'd say yeah. it, it is a great performance, but it's one of like eight or nine great yeah. performances. I think it was just that year. They probably any other year would have ended up with more nominations than that. Mm. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn is the one who I'm like, oh, really? Like you deserved a nom yeah. for that. Maybe yeah. not a win for that that year. Because yeah. that was the year of the fighter and things like that, I think. Oh. But, um, Which is, who's in that one? Is that uh, like... Whoever, they pulled a bunch of awards. That, the fighter pulled a bunch of awards that year. Yeah. Um, what year was it? 2011? 2010. 2010. Yeah, because it's 10 years old. Oh, Ooh. that's um, Yeah, but it's it, it's just rare to see a film where all of those components work really well. Um, oh, it, the Hurt Locker was in that year. Oh, okay. So, so here we are. Yeah. yeah. So the film is loosely inspired by real events, mm. as most Australian films are. I was wondering that, because the, mm. the whole... The whole sequence of the cops getting shot. Mm. I was like, I seem to have remembered that. Hearing about that within like a documentary or something about um, when all the gang warfare was yeah. happening in mm. Melbourne, which inspired then went on to inspire the underbelly, the first couple of seasons of underbelly. Yeah. Mm. Um, which I realised, I I'd googled it just before slightly predates this film. So we're right in that time where people were like, let's look at some really gritty Australian crime because we really like to... Uh, we really like to make ourselves hurt a bit. Yeah. yeah. We also... I think we also just... We like criminals in some way. Hmm. Even the ones that are really what? dirty and you wouldn't want to associate them with them as people. No. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the actual uh, family that this was based off were mm. the, um, I apologise if I get the pronunciation wrong, uh, the Pettingill or Pettingill family. Mm. Um, they uh, were involved in uh, some shootings in Melbourne in the 80s, uh, specifically the Wall Street police shootings, yeah. which is mm. where obviously the two cops that get shot in the Commodore yeah. kind of thing comes yeah. from. Um, and you're right, there, there is this fascination with, crime within mm. Australia. But it goes back to things like maybe the fact that this nation was essentially founded by sending a bunch of convicts there. Like yeah. it was set up as a convict state. And then you have, you know, the, the mythos around a figure like Ned Kelly mm. um, is is so integral to Australia's sort of cultural history. And I think there's a fair amount of questioning about whether or not that should be the case. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting that how crime is depicted and how it operates within Australia. And I think the way that our films reflect yeah. that means that the, they, they can make some really great standout crime films. I like, think yeah. I think what happens with, you know, the mythologising of people like Ned Kelly or, you know, criminals that people... You, you even see it in America with, you know, Billy the Kid or mm. um, in the UK with... Oh, I can't even remember. Like the, the highway... The highwayman. The highwayman, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, people are very good at picking those small elements that they're like, oh, that's all that person is. Whereas this film, I think in particular, and it does it better than the un- than the Underbelly series, it shows a much more wider range of what, of what the crimes involved and what it actually entails. And in a way, you kind of see... Um, the the family 
doing that to themselves as well mm. in that they'll be like it's okay it's my it's my brother it's my son it's my grandma or whatever mm. so it's family so it's fine we're just going to ignore that like that moment of when he walks when jay walks out to say hi right at the end and they're cooking on the barbecue mm. like, and it's like oh that's all right you could just go back and be normal he like he could have ended without pope being killed yeah but but someone needs a come up and yeah, and yeah we, someone, we, would not, someone, we would not have been satisfied no no, no de- definitely yeah. does but you could just as easily see how he could have just come home and it just would have gone back to normal i mean this film sets up very early on that idea of their they 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 have this fear people who mm-hmm. who are criminals um or in long term like criminal affairs yeah. like this family are like the Cody family are have this consistent fear that they're going to be got some mm. eventually mm. they're going to get bit on the backside and for that to have been set up in the first act and for lecky to say that pretty much consistently throughout the film mm-hmm. i think you absolutely needed that payoff at mm. the end i mean for, we saw it happen to baz and yeah. to craig when they get killed um obviously for pope when he gets killed as well but i almost i also feel the fact that pope getting killed is that comeuppance for smurf for Mm. for janine yes because like at the end jay hugs her and gives her the kiss on the head and i think that's i read that as like that's the transferal of power Mm -hmm. Mm. and he is now in charge and whether that means that he's gonna continue the family business or if that's the end of it yeah the thing that always i think i remember thinking this when i watched it the first time is i was like i wonder if he's gonna hand himself in or whether he is, yeah, whether it is a proper transfer of power and mm. he's going to become mm. Pope point two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I love that Jack Jackie Weaver's hands just stay completely yeah. suspended. She's, mm. there's no... She's shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not something that character ever is in any other moment. In the film. Except, Except when Craig... When Craig does. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, Craig, Craig's death felt like it had to happen mm. um don't know that i needed him running through a wheat field but you know yeah but i, I suppose it was just to inject a bit of of action yeah. because because think... oh, the violence in this is quite sudden yes. yeah and i think also by putting him out because he's out in bendigo putting him out there there it kind of brings across that it's that it's bigger than just mm. this small microcosm and that also means that lecky can't be there yeah and he mm. can't be there quickly yeah yes. yeah and neither can what's his face the the one we meet right at the beginning, who's the the liaison, oh, the dirty point. cop, dirty, oh uh, dirty cop. Roach, Ran- yeah. Randall yeah. Roach, Randall Roach, yeah, um, he can't be there either because he the second that all goes down, there's yeah. phone calls and yeah, yeah, it's oh, it's just so well told though. That's the mm. thing. Like even though it's it's depressing, and I've I can't believe it's still the sun is still shining outside. Yeah. Like it's even though it's all of these horrible things, it's just so well put together. Yes. it's it feels really real Hmm. like that could be a very much elongated episode of Hmm. 7.30 report or one of those sort of Australian news we need to investigate on this particular subject and you're like yeah like SBS did a doco on it on the family exactly Hmm. well I mean there is now a TV series of Animal Kingdom it's in its its fourth season currently Australian or American I think it's American it is American yeah so I think this is my only other like knowledge. I said before when we started this that I had no knowledge of the film because I had none mm. of the film. But I've heard that that 
mm. is not great. Yeah. Oh. Because it's Americans trying to tell a story that they don't know in the same way that it can only this kind of story can only be told in the setting that it exists in because it feels right. Yeah, which is interesting because really, like, they have this story already. They've got Sopranos. Mm. But it's it's trying to keep which I think is, what they're trying to do is keep it away from being the Being Sopranos. Being well, quote unquote, the mafia oh, in any yeah. like iteration of that because they've got enough of that. And yeah, it's something else that felt suburban it's, and real. Yeah, mm. like like almost like a slightly expanded family of Breaking Bad. Hmm. Like that was. Well, I think it's yeah. an important thing to remember with with all of these things. At least this is how I kind of feel about it: is that crime is reflective of the society within which it's committed, mm. and that's why I think maybe. Australian crime films and British crime films and American crime films have very distinct flavours because they represent where those crimes come from. But when you do the adaptation into another culture, it can work, like particularly when you've got three anglicised societies that are Mm. reasonably similar. But there are those differences. Um, The television series State of Play uh, was excellent. Um, Mm. Had uh, John Sims and David Morrissey and Bill Nye and it was a six-part TV series. Really thrilling, really fantastic, intriguing uh, crime drama. Adapted into a film which again reduces the amount of screen time to tell the story but an American film as well set in America and it just lost some of those cultural impacts which make it unique and I could definitely see something like Animal Kingdom not working in an American setting because... Mm because they are different even though there is some similar heritage they're very different places do you think Mm. maybe it's because like these these people in in this in this film they're yeah they're they're long-time criminals but they're not trying to go too high it's not like Mm. they're like okay well we robbed the 7-eleven uh and we got three grand or whatever we're working our way up to the bank boys like that kind of thing we're gonna we're gonna rob the reserve bank yeah and get a whole bunch of money i have no concept if the reserve bank actually holds money but you know it's probably Um, reserve maybe (laughs) whereas i feel like in you know i I can only think of breaking bad whereas they they do they're like Mm. okay i've got I've got my drug dealers on three street corners. Okay, mm. I need to get it on five street corners. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the big differences. Indeed. Mm. And also, yeah. like, if you took Breaking Bad and set it in Australia, it wouldn't work because we have more universal healthcare for Asadas. Yeah. You just wouldn't get off the ground there. But likewise, those ideas and, and what the themes that a program like Breaking Bad is, mm. Breaking Bad is playing around with is very different from what this film is. Because ultimately, this film is about... Um, recrimination like you know your past mm. catching up with you yeah. and unable to break away from your family yeah and mm. and yeah family being such a such a big important part of it i so, also feel like the cop the relationship with the cops in say the u.s mm. does not match people in australia at that time's relationship with the cops yeah because it and and you kind of need that relationship stuff mm. to make sense as well you you need the it to be less not as adversarial as something like a US crime drama tends yeah. to be between yeah. criminal I, and... I feel like that's one of the mo- most shocking things is seeing the cops just go, like particularly with Barry's death, yeah. as his death, and like, oh yeah, we're just going to shoot you in a car park and, and make that, it up. Yeah. Whereas that, that kind of storyline within the US has 
it's, it rings so much more on different yeah. levels and there's so many other yeah. touchstones that... Even though, arguably, like, I don't think we have as big of a problem as corruption mm. within the police force, but it's definitely there. And well, we're kidding ourselves if, we're, if, it's, if we think it's not. Well, and also the shock of a kid like Jay mm. had pick, being handed a gun and pointing a gun at someone in that yeah. scene when he first does in the car mm. is somehow less shocking in the US where guns are a thing that you can have where yeah. here you know your average um 17 18 year old kid is not going to get hold of one is not going to get handed a handgun yeah. in the front seat of an automobile yeah mm. like, or at least it's unlikely yeah like, yeah and, and again yeah reads very differently from what you would have as you say in American one mm. where it's like oh yeah there's a gun in the glove box there's a gun in the, mm. the, the there's the a gun in Walmart you know I, like it's, I, yeah. remember, I remember speaking to an, an American friend of mine who's a teacher um, and this was just after Trump got voted in <laughs> and she was discussing about how some members of her family voted for Trump and she's like oh yeah but you know they're, they're pro um, uh, what is it the right to conceal uh, yeah, and she was discussing how her brother thinks the way to solve school shootings is to arm teachers. Because oh. um, that's another thing people need to worry about. But, yeah. but it also means that scenes like Craig going to get the um, shotgun and shooting at the silo yeah. doesn't exist because it's much he, he could go and buy one yeah. or get it from the jo- the guy down the street yeah. as opposed to needing yeah. to go out. To Bendigo to... To see his friend who has, has the gun to who, test it out. Probably yeah. because he's a... I, because he lives on a... Like, yeah, he's a he big property a and... Mm. Uh, probably has... Although I did like... I'm just going to throw the gun on the back seat. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. Cool yeah. do that. No. But again, if he was in America, he'd know that you have to put it up in a proper rack. We mm. don't have the culture here. We don't know how to look after mm. them, I guess. Uh, you put them in the, in the, uh, the metal container in the trunk and lock it. Because yeah. you've got to lock it out. Yeah. So, I don't think they're that concerned about gun safety. <laughs> no, no. In fairness, he was he was a little bit busy worrying yeah. about bugs and and other things and yeah. the fact that he was about to die. Mm. Um, so, all that being said and done, Katrina, when you were talking in the first bit of this program, mm. you said that you remember this film being quite boring. Yeah, <laughs> you. I'm sensing no longer feel that way. No, I don't. And I honestly don't know why I thought it was boring in the first place. Like I said, I said to you guys when we when we when the film finished, I was like, I must have been in a really bad mood or just not feeling the vibe of it. And yeah, I think because it is a very sedate film, um, if you're not in that right headspace, it's you you're going to get antsy and not want to sit and watch it and and feel that tension and feel that um awkwardness mm. um yeah i think i think that must have been it as yeah. i've said before on this podcast i am very i am very subject to whims and moods yeah. when it comes to watching films well you know we all are yeah. but but also you know it's it's that thing of you know you you change as a person mm. and there are films that i probably watched 10 years ago as a, as a young 20 year old buck just kind of like <laughs> what subtext Blech, i don't want that and then now I'm the guy who did a film degree. <laughs> like, okay, yes, no, actually. Okay, let's rewind further than yeah. yeah. Prior, prior the film degree, let's go yeah. to 15, I guess. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, sure. maybe I'd be sitting there going like, uh, Animal Kingdom, it's kind of slow. Uh, I, I, think, I think also maybe, maybe it was, I think the good thing about me coming on this podcast is it forces me to actually sit and actively watch films. Mm. I am I am very bad, particularly nowadays, for 
film. Oh, what's on my phone? Oh, someone's messaged me. Yeah. Oh, this, what's people doing on Facebook? All that kind of thing. And it was actually, that is so common for me now. And even though I try not to do it, um, when I recently watched The Witcher, which by the way, everyone should go watch. It's really good. Sure, I'll put it on my list. It's, um, it's, it's really good. It's, so I've been told. I will yeah, get there yeah it's really good. I've finished it in three days. Um, <laughs> okay. Noted. Um, it was one that I was very willing. It was notable for me because I was very willing to put my phone away and mm. sit and actively watch it and be immerse myself in that world. Mm. Well, um, I think that's what I said when you said, you know, mm. maybe I was in the wrong mood. I'm like, or you, you know, were doing other things yeah. and yeah. distractible and without... If you're not paying attention to this film and yeah. not paying attention to the tension building, yeah, and then it could be very boring. Or, yeah, th- this is not a film that you can be distracted by, and no. the use of tension is sensational. Oh, so I, I think this the, the only film the film it reminded me of in terms of its use of tension was The Dark Knight. The way that okay. the soundtrack for Hans Zimmer's kind of like use of the violin to not, build extreme tension not quite as a good as comparison, but I thought Dunkirk. Okay. Because of the limited script. Mm. Like, obviously, it's not as limited as Dunkirk was. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I, com- I made that connection. Yeah. See, okay. for me, I mentioned a, uh, an Australian film <laughs> during it that I, mm. like, in my head, I'm comparing it to because, mm. again, it's got that tension building. There's a particular scene in uh, Australian film called Beautiful Kate that mm. um, I love. I think it's one of the best filmed scenes I've ever seen, mm. Mm. but without the tension building and the silence and all of that, and it's a long build up before yeah. a light flicks on that, you know, you wouldn't have this yeah. magical this thing without yeah. tension yeah. being so very built. Yeah. yeah. Really great use of tension. Um, would you guys like some trivia about Animal Kingdom? Always. Yes. All right, this trivia has been sourced from IMDb, so if it's incorrect, don't blame me. Um, Prior to filming, Ben Mendelsohn and Luke Ford, who played uh, Pope and Darren, uh, made a conscious decision not to speak to each other as actors to help with their portrayal of two antagonistic brothers. Mm. Because they are, they are like Mm. the ones that hate each other. Yeah, because I think from what I gather, it's like the age range is there's Pope, then there's Darren, no, then... Then Open there's Craig. Craig and then Darren. Darren's obviously the... Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's the youngest because that's right. Youngest. He's only a couple of years older than Josh. Don't yeah. like you calling me uncle. You're only a couple of years older yeah. than me. Yeah. No, I'm only a couple of years older than you. Yeah, so there's already that... that Distance. Yeah, mm. that antagonistic mm. relationship. I just found that scene where he's like, are you gay? If It's okay if you're gay, but are you gay? Tell me if you're gay. You can make a gay drink if you want. Mm. Like, it was kind of like, that's, on the one hand, quite a funny scene. Yeah. In mm. terms of it's just someone who is trying to relate and have nothing to relate to and is just leaning on obviously someone who's not gay or had to deal with many people in their life who are gay mm. and trying to relate based purely on a supposition that he suspects his brother's gay. Because he's wearing a pink gay. shirt and a nice suit. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. um, he's just gone to, to a, a funeral. funeral. Yeah. But it, but it also tells so much about that estranged relationship. Mm. Um, I thought that scene was really spectacular. And I think that also feeds into when Pope kills Nikki. And you know how we were kind of laughing <laughs> throwing about... Throwing the pillow. How yeah, he throws, like he he throws it, the pillow. He didn't try very hard to stop him. Because I think he's shit scared of yeah. him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I think. I think he knows that he... I think realistically he knows that he could go over and, you know, punch Pope in the head and that'll save Nikki. Hmm. 
but he knows if that happens, then Pope will turn whatever energy anger he has onto him, mm. well, and he'll probably kill him. Yeah. Well, it's the moment. It's the uh, repeat of the moment when Jay stands up to Pope about against um, when Pope is bullying Smurf. Yeah. yeah. Like you're like yeah, that's the moment, and then Jay runs for the yeah, hills and, and runs into and Lucky at the door. But you know, yeah, the turn on to the um, the the rage is yeah. Because they all know he's batshit insane. Oh, he yeah. nuts. Yeah, yeah. He got, he got, he got crazy eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's just doing that whole thing. Mm. Uh, His reveal the, is great, by the way. Yeah, right at the start when um he uh, comes in. And, he's in the kitchen, and Jay's in the kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> and Jay just drops the bottle. He's like, "You ruined my entrance." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Writer-director David Michaud said he often relented to Ben Mendelsohn's request for additional takes of his scenes because um, he wanted to respect the actor's wild, unpredictable contributions. Uh, In fact, the very first scene featuring Mendelsohn's Pope character took about 15 takes. I mean, and worth it, yeah. to be yeah. clear, yeah. and worth it. Yeah, it's kind of like, all right, we've got what's on the script. Now, yeah, fun, Ben. Let's, let's see what you come good. with. That's good. That shows he obviously cast right mm. and respected... Mm. Like what Ben Mendelsohn had to give to it mm. For sure mm. uh, In an interview on the radio program Fresh Air Jackie Weaver explained that her interpretation of her character Included the unspoken fact That all of Janine's children had been fathered by different men mm. Probably criminals as well That tracks Yeah Yeah Because again there was bits of this film where I was like Oh are you actually brothers in terms of like how they're relating to each other mm-hmm. that little bit of distance but I think that's a really interesting reading yeah, uh, to yeah. go particularly as the the actor as well mm. to be going well I love you all the same because you're my sons but they've obviously got the different dads mm. um yeah I just thought that was really interesting yeah I mean I I I um I have half siblings and that makes sense to me like there mm. is that little bit of distance and you're like okay yeah no i'd buy it I'd i think totally it also it. and it also feeds into a con like the encouragement of family they're all connected to her and it kind of feeds into really and you find out right at the end she is the person sitting at the center of the web oh, pulling yeah. the strings mm. um matriarch yeah and you think i i was remember watching this and going that's right. She hides her power for so so long, mm. and there is a question about how much power she has in over Pope, because he's just crazy. Mm. Um, but, but he comes back. Like yeah, he he, does. he goes to he goes her back. house. Like yeah, yeah. Like she does have that control, but he's probably like the most strong-willed. Mm. Yeah, and the one that she kind of has to yeah figure out how to deal with. Um, just the fixer for him Like the than, fact yeah. that she basically puts a hit Out, out on her grandson mm. Yeah And it just makes you question You know, why did her daughter leave? She says it was a fight mm. But, well, but what he, was it really? Um, well, Jay says at the beginning That it's, you know, mum didn't want me to be part of that mm. World And you can so see why Yeah <laughs> Yeah Um this movie now holds the record for the most number of nominations uh, garnered by a feature film at the Australian Film Institute or AFI Awards. Mm. It was nominated 18 times. Wow. Uh, 18 different nominations. And I assume, like, the, you know, supporting actors, supporting actors, like the supporting actor yeah. category would have had like half of them. It, yeah. it certainly had some. I'm just pulling up the list of the uh, nominations now. So obviously feel, we, we, we've spoken about Jackie Weaver's Oscar I mean, nomination. Male lead, Mendelssohn and or? Um, so for the AFI, I don't know. 
Uh, these were the nominations. Um, best Film, which it won. Mm-hmm. Uh, best Direction, which Makes it sense. won. Yeah. Uh, best Lead Actor, Ben Mendelsohn, which it won. Mm-hmm. Best Lead Actress, Jackie Weaver, which it won. Best Supporting Actor, Joel Edgerton, which it won. Fair. Best Editing, Luke Dolan, which it won. Yeah. Um, it also won for Best Original Music Score. Um, oh, which is such a Best song. Original Screenplay. Uh, the Members' Choice Award, the Readers' Choice Award, and then it got nominations for... Guy Pearce got a nomination for Best Supporting. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura Wheelwright got Best Supporting nomination. Um, cinematography... Who was Nikki, I think. Yeah, she was mm. Nikki. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cinematography was nominated. Uh, James Frenchville was nominated for Best Lead Actor, but he was up against Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, it's going to be kind of hard. And mm-hmm. likewise, uh, Sullivan Stapleton was also nominated for Best Actor. He was Craig, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So... It, 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 it and, and it nominated for best sound as well and uh, production design. Basically, it was nominated for everything I think it could be. Basically, yeah, but, and, it, and duels in the categories where yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I mean, it is. It's a great film. Like yeah, it's could, a really good film. Like there, there really just isn't any bit of it where I'm like this. This seems a bit flat. This seems a bit off. Mm. Uh, the final bit of trivia um, involves uh, Quentin Tarantino. He named Animal Kingdom his third favorite film from 2010. I'm not surprised. Now I'm trying to work out what the other ones would have been. I'll let you have a guess. I don't think you'll get number one. Um, well, hang on. 2010. Yeah. Here's you the said I, don't, I won't get one of them. I, I think it's unlikely that you would guess if you... If you... 2010. Yeah. I can barely remember what was released well, last year. So. <laughs> I don't know when films were released are they are they all crime films uh, as well they are not okay uh, you know i'm gonna get up a list of uh, you know let's play again films from 2010 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that might get us a starter i'm gonna give you a list of films from 2010 okay and you get to pick which one of these you mm-hmm. think is in quentin tarantino's top three films okay okay so the social network no nah. inception how to Train Your Dragon? No. Black Swan. No. Toy Story Three. Mm. Kick Ass. Yes. Winter's Bone. The King's Speech. Mm. Despicable Me. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Now that that's just ten of the films. Two of those are in his top I'd three. I'd say Scott Pilgrim's and Kick Ass. Nah. I reckon. Oh God. Um. I'd take, for nostalgia reasons alone, mm. Toy Story 3. Mm. Um, I thought I thought Tarantino was only nostalgic for the 70s back. But, like, but like it's Toy Story. Like, I've seen Toy yeah. Story 3 and I kind of gave up on, on animated for a while, except yeah. it, it's Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. Um, I... Oh. <laughs> I mean, my gut, like my gut, goes down to three being, because given that list, I know that King's Speech and Black Swan won the Oscars that year for Best Actor and a Best Actress. Yeah, mm. but he's not always. He's, well, yeah, he's not always mm. into stuff that wins awards. So, I don't know. The Social Network? Why not? So you're going for The Social Network? Sure, why not? Yeah. And what did you go for? I went for Arnie Scott Hammer. Pilgrim and Kick Ass. Okay. Uh, Scott, I, think I think I'm good at least with one of those <laughs> Scott Pilgrim was not oh, His okay. number um, In his top three yeah. The Social Network was Oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Rafe, like throwing a dart at a board Kickass wasn't Oh 
Toy Story 3 was his number one film. <laughs> so you got it Nostalgia. right. Nostalgia. You got both of them wrong. Wow. Yeah. So his top three films, according to IMDb, again, could be wrong. According yeah. to IMDb, though, number one, For Toy Story year. 3, number two, Social Network, number three, Animal mm. Kingdom. See, to me, Kick-Ass and Scott Pilgrim aren't Tarantino, yeah, they're, they're, like they're... They're films that he potentially would make. But and that's watch. part of my, my instinct was like, mm. Toy Story 3 feels like nostalgia to the power yeah. of nostalgia. And I remember when that film came out, like I everyone think, went berserk. Yeah, I think mm. also just he he does always appreciate storytelling. Mm. Mm. Um, I haven't seen Social Network, so I can't, I, I have no clue what he's gotten, what he's getting out of that. My, my guess is there's a lot of well-developed character stuff in yeah. that, especially given they're real people. Yeah, mm. and I think also this, this film, Animal Kingdom, mm. is kind of like a setting that you might see a Tarantino film. Yeah. Certainly an early Tarantino film take part in. Now, obviously, yeah. stuff like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are kind of dealing with like that, mm. that, sort, that, of stuff. that sort of stuff. But this it's more that this this sort of... the this events feels right. The events of Animal Kingdom almost feel like they'd be happening around or alongside a Jackie Brown mm. or a Reservoir mm. Dogs. You know, like Craig might turn up as like a drug dealer giving drugs to John Travolta in Pulp Fiction yeah. if Pulp Fiction was in Australia and they're going around, you know, he's driving in the car and he's going, you know what they call fucking hamburgers in France? Like that kind of thing. <laughs> I, I can't do the accent. Quarter Panda yeah. Royale. Quarter pound of Royale. Yeah, Royale. With, no, it's Royale, Royale with cheese. With cheese. <laughs> Royale with cheese. Yeah. Well, it's got a Macca's run. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's what it would be. But we're not reviewing Australian pulp fiction. <laughs> no. Uh, we are reviewing Animal Kingdom. And all that remains for us to do is to score the film. Uh, Katrina, to yes. showcase how it's done, uh, would you please give us your score for Animal Kingdom oh. out of 10? One being uh, rubbish, 10 being yippee, it's brilliant. I think. I, yeah, I'm going to give it a an 8 out of 10 weird grandma kisses right <laughs> on the mouth. Um, yeah. Just because, for kind of for all the things we have said, um, it does build tension so beautifully and it is a beautiful film. Um, but I take points away for being massively depressing mm. and for being a film that it's, it's difficult for you to just jump into it, which is like in, in some ways is unfair of me to to criticize but yeah it's my score mm. okay what about yourself then kate what would you give animal kingdom out of 10 um i think i'm, I'm in the same sort of ballpark i think I'd, I'd probably go like eight and a half bullet holes in a silo <laughs> out, of, out of 10 just because yeah it's um it is depressing and you do have to focus on it. So I don't know that I yeah. would like have it on in the it, background. It's but... a it's a good it's an art house film mm. in yeah. a way. It's without an... without being well, without being too much of a pretentious art. It's an film. it's an Australian independent film, but yeah. you've got to pay attention. And so I don't know. There are some people I would be like, absolutely go and watch this film. There's some people I'd be like, look, if you just want to watch something that you're gonna smile at, don't no, don't don't do it, love. Yeah. I, I for me I always try and figure out if I'm going to give a film a, a particularly high score, mm. whether or not I feel that it could have been made any better. Mm. I don't really think there's mm. there's much mm. that it could be made better. Um, I don't think there's much that could be done that would make this film even stronger. Maybe a couple of small bits here and there, but yeah. nothing nothing massively. Um, I'm not going to give it a perfect score because it is just that bit too depressing for mm. me. Um, I'm not. I'm not... I, again, like, and and that means that it's working. Like, yeah. this is not a film where you're meant mm. to be going, "Oh boy, I feel great," but at the same time, yeah, it's just it's. It, 
I guess it's partly because it's not really my sort of film. Yeah. But it's so, so well made. Mm. It is it is a tremendous it's film. It's a beautiful film. I, I think it's the type of film that if some, uh, like Luna Cinema, for example, went and did a film festival and this was on the docket, you'd be like, oh yeah, I'll go see that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, it does everything that it attempts to do so well. Mm. Um, so it has to be an, a pretty nice high score for me. So I'm going to give it nine stolen Commodores out of ten. Um, <laughs> that are clearly a trap. Yeah, <laughs> It's a trap. Yeah, don't go in there, the oh. 12-year-old looking officer. No, your face is too babyish. You're going to get oh. killed. How, how, like, for a moment, when he told him to go find, the, go find a Commodore, I was part of me was like, it's going to stop being a thing in Australian films now because the Commodores are no longer being sold. Well, and also it's, it's now really hard to take, I don't know, five seconds to start the engine of a Commodore yeah, running. For, yeah. for someone who's not a criminal, he, he broke into that he, car pretty quick. Oh, yeah. he hot-wired like a champion. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's been holding out on the oh, Well, yeah. his, his nostalgic memories of him and Darren as kids were throwing rocks at cars, so I don't think he's been had a completely blameless okay. life. Okay, there is that. Yeah, but, you know. All right. Well, uh, that brings us to the end of our review. Um, Kate and Katrina, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. Thank you. And safe travels back to Sydney. Thank you. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't get in any Commodores with... That's Melbourne. Don't, don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you just have to worry about the life-ending smoke. Everything's Woo! on fire. Oh, no. Yeah. Ooh. Safe travels, though. Thank you. And, yes, we'll, we'll hopefully have you back on again when um, you're back in this neck of the woods. Yes, with all of those films that I keep telling you that I haven't seen. And you're like, <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah. It'll happen. One film at a time. We'll find it. And for those of you listening at home, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, We are, of course, in the middle of Australia Month. We're looking at Australian films. Uh, And then, of course, when we get into February, we just go into a whole whack of excellent films. Uh, You want to help suggest films that we do, why not become a member of our Patreon? Just go over to patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast and you can help us shape what films we're going to watch and review. So you can get over there, contribute a little bit of money, you know. Make it so that I don't have to do armed robberies to keep the podcast going. <laughs> this, stuff, this stuff costs money. Um, also, we are on Facebook. If you want to keep up to date with all the things we do, just give the page a like there and you'll see the posts uh, relating to all the different films and votes and news like that. So just find us over there by searching for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in Facebook. And of course, we're available on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes, anywhere good podcasts are provided. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get a new episode each and every week. But that's all for now. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.